1: All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And we hope you had a wonderful Labor Day holiday, taking that time, spending time with your family and your friends and taking that break for all the hardworking people throughout the world happy belated Labor Day to all of you. Now this week we have something special for you. As many kids are heading back to school there is something extra special about September. What is that? The return of fall television. That's right and this week for the week of September 4th 2014 show number 84 we have a special guest stopping in here this week because you may know him as Doc Hopper as well as Jiminy Cricket from ABC's Once Upon a Time. Yes Raphael Sabarge is going to be stopping in here at the show. Yes Raphael is going to stop in and talk about what it's like being part of this phenomenon that is once upon a time on abc he's also going to stop in and talk about what it's like being a voice actor being part of the ever popular mass effect game series as well as his current projects independence Day, risky business what is he doing now and what can we expect out of once upon a time for season four so Raphael is going to be stopping in here very shortly here at the show In addition, we have the D-Team back. No show would be complete without the D-Team stopping in here at the show. And you have questions, and he has answers. And Aaron is going to answer all those questions, and I want to know. We also have Paige back with the Magical Music Review, as she's going to review a little bit more of the orchestral side of ABC's Once Upon a Time. We have Nathan back with what's going on this week in Disney history. And let's not forget our D-Team member from Down Under, Lexi, as she's going to give you more about our very special guest here this week, Raphael Sabarge, in this week's Hollywood Walk. We also have Caitlin back with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resorts with WDWN2 and Jason as he's going to go down and deep and give you the latest Blu-ray and DVD reviews in the vault. We have tons of news hot off the D-wire from the parks, movies, magic, Disney Channel and more including upcoming Halloween goodies. So we have all kinds of things planned here this week, all of you D-heads. Now before I kick off the show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com, where you can save up to 60% in booking your Walt Disney World vacation by booking directly through DVC members and others, using points and saving that money to book the most magical Walt Disney World trip that you can ever imagine. And that's brought to you by DVC-Rental.com. So all VD heads, school's back in session, fall television is about to kick off, and much like Once Upon a Time that likes to rewrite the rules for fantasy and fun, let's officially kick off show number 84 for the week of September 4th, 2014, by following the second star to the right in an all-new way. Be right back, all VD Heads.
2: Signals they will soon resume. New courage and revive. Though now they lie groveling and prostrate on yon lake of fire.
3: Evil is born,
4: it's made.
2: As we erwile, astounded and amazed.
4: Magic isn't about what you see, it's
5: about what you feel
1: inside.
2: No wonder, falling such a pernicious height awake, arise, or be forever frozen.
5: Trouble, and you don't know right from wrong Give a little whistle Give a little whistle When you meet temptation And the urge is very strong Give a little whistle Give a little whistle Not just a little squeak Pucker up and blow And if your whistle's weak Yell, Jiminy Cricket, right. Take the straight and narrow path And if you start to slide Give a little whistle Give a little whistle And always let your conscience be your God
6: I give a little whistle. You give a little whistle. Woo-hoo! And always let your conscience be your guide. And always let your conscience be your guide.
4: Hey, everybody, this is Lee Ehrenberg, grumpy from ABC's Once Upon a Time. You're listening to Disney On Demand.
0: Hey D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand.
5: Wow, it's dark in and... here. Wow, and now it's Finally too bright.
0: Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney.
5: Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie, only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's
0: Disney On Demand.
5: Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all.
0: Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson.
5: I just wish I could
1: forget the whole thing
0: you will kid you will
1: Alright all, right, all of you D-heads, I am back and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 84 for the week of September 4th 2014. And we have all kinds of fun as we're taking you to Storybrooke as we have none other than Raphael Sabarge yes, Dr. Hopper, as well as Jiminy Cricket stopping in here at the show very, very soon. We have the D-team and all kinds of fun. Now before I jump into news hot off the D-wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's DIZradio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, download the complete archives, find our latest news blogs and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also follow us on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And remember, you can find 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 all these links on our official website at dizradio.com. So all of you Dads, we have all kinds of things on the horizon. Tons of news, many different things, and all kinds of fun. So let's just jump into news hot off the D-wire. And how about the Disney star Cameron Boyce helping the Red Cross during National Preparedness Month? That's right. The American Red Cross and Disney have unveiled their new disaster preparedness video featuring the Disney Channel star Cameron Boyce to help teach kids and families the importance of preparing for natural disasters and other emergencies. Now the spot will run on Disney Channel as part of the National Preparedness Month. This September. Now, as they have officially released, when a disaster strikes, it is critical that the entire family is prepared," said Gail McGovern, president and CEO of the Red Cross. Disney's continued support helps us keep children safe by educating them about the importance of being prepared in ways that are relevant and fun. Now, there's also Disney's Friends for Change, a global initiative that inspires kids and families to take action and make a difference in their communities. Now, this is going to spotlight many things on the video on its website to show children simple ways to prepare for natural disasters. Now, the spot will also air on the Disney Channel. Now, the spot features boys who stars as Luke Ross on the Disney Channel series Jesse and his friends as they decide. Discuss the basics of emergency preparedness. That's right, you can learn, practice, share, and be prepared. And they portray preparing for emergencies as an activity that is easy, fun, and a way to help reduce children's anxieties about the unexpected. Now this video is one of several collaborative efforts between Disney and the Red Cross right now. There's also a variety of different things that they are doing as they are working together to develop Mickey and Friends Disaster Activity Book, which helps children and families learn how to prepare for disasters through a series of interactive games and activities. And the book is available in both English and Spanish. Now Disney also contributed to the creation and expansion of the Pillowcase Project. Now this is through a total investment of $3 million from Disney since 2012. Now the program supports in-school and after-school curriculum to help third to fifth graders and their families prepare for disasters. Now trained instructors teach the youth the safety actions for their various disasters and how to develop a family emergency plan With which they can do with kits and essential items and many things that you can stuff into a pillowcase for easy transport. Now, Disney is also helping the Red Cross during Disaster Relief Month by contributing hundreds of hours of volunteer service through the Disney Volunteers Program all month long and donating Mickey Mouse plush dolls to comfort children in the aftermath of disasters. If you want to find out more about this, keep your eye on the Disney Channel all September, as well as visiting the annual Disaster Giving Program at ADGP and Disney helps ensure the Red Cross is going to help people and homes around the world. Now, since we are talking about things that are helping children and getting people prepared, how about trick-or-treat for UNICEF? Yes, we've heard that term many, many times, uh, ever since we've all been kids and it just continues on well how about the iconic trick-or-treat for UNICEF campaign going digital in 2014 with spokesperson Zendaya that's right actress and platinum recording artist and author Zendaya is this year's trick-or-treat for UNICEF spokesperson and she is asking kids in the United States to make a difference in the lives of other kids by raising funds for UNICEF's life-saving programs now Zendaya as we all know from Disney Channel show Shake It Up as well as a music artist and many other things is going to be appearing as a trick-or-treat for unicef superhero in print online and broadcast service announcements to encourage participation in the 64-year-old american tradition now donations collected through the trick-or-treat for unicef provide medicine nutrition clean water, emergency relief, and education to children around the world. Now, in addition to going door-to-door with traditional orange boxes to collect coins for UNICEF, for the first time, kids and parents can now set up individual fundraising pages on CrowdWise for their friends and family members to donate. Now, new this year, participants can turn their Halloween party into a Trick-or-Treat for UNICEF fundraiser by setting up a donation page and including a link to it with an invitation to their party. Now, you can get started at trick-or-treatforunicef.org. Now, as they have officially said, I loved trick-or-treating for UNICEF when I was younger because it was such an empowering experience to be able to make a difference. Kids need more than candy. They need basics like medicine, nutrition, and clean drinking water. And millions of them wouldn't have these things without UNICEF, said Zendaya, the 18-year-old star and producer. Now, the campaign relies not only on children and parents, but also educators to teach their students the value of helping kids in need. Now, this year, KA teachers can participate through the second annual Trick-or-Treat for UNICEF school challenge now the competition will provide 15 grand prize winners with a thousand dollar technology grants now there's a variety of different ways you can do this you can print out you know your own digital collection boxes and many other things if you want to find out more definitely check out trick or treat for unicef.org and get started and just help these children in need this october and halloween season now moving away from the disney channel and all those kind of stars. How about Disney and the parks? And how about Disney unveiling all new programs to offer video souvenirs? That's right. Photos may be popular souvenirs among theme park guests. Come on. We all take them. I mean, how many pictures of the castle do you take? Or how many times do you go to the parks and you take the exact same picture that you've taken on every trip? We all do it. It's nothing to be ashamed of. But photos may be the popular souvenirs among theme park visitors, but the Walt Disney Company is beginning to test to see how popular videos could be among its guests. Kelly Glassburn with Walt Disney World Marketing posted on the Walt Disney World blog this last week that they are testing the idea of expanding their PhotoPass service program with a new technology to offer video mementos for their guests. Now, the program when launched would first be offered to those with Magic Bands and Memory Maker accounts, and only on the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror at Disney's Hollywood Studios at this time. Now, a video posted online shows an example of how the final video could look, with each guest having their own personal touches added. Now, there is no word right now exactly when the new program will be implemented, but it could be fun. I mean, come on, getting a video of you actually getting dropped from the twi- Twilight Zone Tower of Terror would be fantastic. It would be fun. It would be great something to look back at. Um, you know, Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, uh, you know, Test Track, you know, a variety of different things. But, You know, I'm excited for it. I might just delve into it. And, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of Fast Pass Plus, but I might be a fan of video souvenirs. Now, moving right along here in Disney parks and keeping things memorable, let's talk about Adventures by Disney, introducing the new Nashville long weekend trip. Yes, Adventures by Disney, the thing that everybody loves. A leader in guided group travel has now brought families together while touring exciting destinations on six continents since 2005. And now Adventures by Disney offers a new Nashville Vacation, exploring the best of what the music city has to offer. I myself, I love Nashville, it's a fun place. But now starting in 2015, Adventures by Disney is heading south to the home of the country music and classic southern cuisine, as well as the setting for their acclaimed television show, Nashville. Now this new four-day, three-night adventure will allow guests to immerse themselves in a -a one-of-a-kind vacation experience as they explore such sites as the Grand Ole Opry, the Bluebird Cafe, and the original RCA Studio B recording studio. Now Nashville, Tennessee is the latest in the lineup of new Adventures by Disney long weekend trips, offering shorter getaways to places such as New York, San Francisco, and Napa Valley. And these four-day weekend adventures allow guests to enjoy exclusive experiences in some of America's most iconic locations while making the most of their free time. Now, the new Nashville Long Weekend Experience is going to offer a variety of different things where you can embark on a backstage experience, including a private dinner and live show at the Grand Ole Opry. You can record a song at the famed RCA Studio B, You can also enjoy a backstage tour at the Ryman Auditorium, original home of the Grand Ole Opry, including stepping on stage at what's been called the Mother Church of Country Music. Now you can also savor an experienced dining opportunity at the legendary Bluebird Cafe, complete with special musical performance and an inside look at the art of songwriting. There's also going to be a variety of other things, including exploring the traditions of Southern cuisine with hands-on biscuit making and barbecue sauce making activities and private after-hours events with a ghost tour, dinner, and entertainment, including a tour of the Hermitage, former estate of President Andrew Jackson. Now, I have to say, I for one am all for this. Now, I have seen a variety of these different things while I've been at Nashville before, but the Hermitage and the Bluebird Cafe and all these things are definitely things that you're going to enjoy and you're going to want. To check out, you can definitely check out all of it with the New Adventures by Disney Nashville Long Weekend itinerary. If you want to book, make reservations, and more, you can visit Adventures by Disney, or you can call 866-543-0865. Now, moving aside from uh, vacations and touring, and let's go into the future. And Tomorrowland. And how about Tomorrowland coming to Disney's Destination D? That's right, Brad Bird's Tomorrowland is ready to come out into the world. And Tuesday, Disney revealed that the film would have a presence at the New York Comic Con. Now they can exclusively reveal the film that also has a presentation at the D23 Destination D event that is going to take place on November 22nd and 23rd in Orlando, Florida. Now, the film's supervising art director Ramsey Avery is going to dive into the making of the film, specifically talking about how they reconstructed parts of the 1964 World's Fair, including the It's a Small World ride. Now, you can find out more about the Tomorrowland event and learn how to get tickets at the Destination D event. Now, the Tomorrowland presentation is part of the D23 Destination D Attraction Rewind, which is taking place, like I said, the 22nd and 23rd. As Avery has stated, I had a great experience working on Tomorrowland and recreating some of the very iconic elements from the 1964 World's Fair, especially It's a Small World, and I am excited to share some of these behind-the-scenes processes with the Disney fans. Now, Tomorrowland is set to release in May of 2015 and stars George Clooney, Hugh Laurie, Britt Robertson, Raffi Cassidy, and Thomas Robinson. Now, The plot is still very much a mystery to many people, but this is what Disney is saying bound by a shared destiny a bright optimistic team bursting with scientific curiosity and a former boy genius inventor jaded by disillusionment embark on a danger-filled mission to unearth the secrets of an enamic place somewhere in time and space that exists as tomorrowland now this is definitely going to be one that is exciting and we all want to get a glimpse at this now moving along here and staying with films how about hand-drawn animation Something we all love and we all truly miss. I mean, think of Princess and the Frog. I know I miss hand-drawn animation. And how about Disney veterans to save the dying art of 2D hand-drawn animation with an all-new film called... Hullabaloo. Yes, some of Disney's top animators have now banded together to preserve the dying art of 2D animation with the all-new steampunk themed film called Hullabaloo, which is now going to center on two female protagonists who are brilliant engineers. Now while Pixar, DreamWorks, and Disney have created some wonderful films during the gradual move to 3D and CGI, including Up and Frozen, there's still a great fondness for hand-drawn animation, which is risk of extinction, and I for one am all for hand-drawn animation. Now, many people, like James Lopez, who worked on The Lion King, Pocahontas, and Paperman; Rick Farrimore, who worked on Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin, and other Disney animators have now launched Indiegogo Campaign. That's right, Indiegogo Campaign to fund the short, and so far have raised over $106,000, and their original goal was only $80,000. That tells you, people still want hand-drawn animation. Now, Hullabaloo is a 2D hand-drawn animated film that is steampunk-based and it hopes to preserve the dying art of 2D animation. Now, the campaign states that it's supported by this project, get the help from everybody to save 2D animation from its untimely demise. Now, Hullabaloo is the story of Veronica Daring, a brilliant young scientist who returns from an elite finishing school to find her father, the eccentric inventor Jonathan Daring, missing without a trace. The only clue left behind points Veronica towards Daring Adventures, an abandoned amusement park used by her father to test his fantastical steam-powered inventions. There, she discovers a strange girl named Jules, a fellow inventor who agrees to help Veronica in locating her missing father and discovering the secrets of his work. Now, the team plans on showing the short to investors once it's finished in the hope of eventually turning Hullabaloo into a full-length feature. I know I, for one, I I really do hope that this... I hope it stays and I hope it stays true and I I hope we can keep a hand-drawn animation, you know, full in motion, and uh, keep it going. If you want to find out more about this, definitely check it out online. We have a variety of different posts about it and more. Now, since we are talking about animation, there's no way getting around it, and the 3D CGI animated feature and Frozen. And how about Walt Disney Records announcing Frozen, the songs, plus three additional tracks? That's right, including Frozen, the vinyl soundtrack, and a Spanish digital version as well. On September 30th, Walt Disney Records is set to release Frozen, the songs featuring all 10 songs. Songs from the Oscar-winning film, a vinyl edition, and a Spanish language edition. Now, the Frozen soundtrack is the top-selling album of 2014 and spent 33 weeks in the top five on the Billboard 200 chart, including 13 weeks at the number one spot. It is certified triple platinum, selling more than 3.2 million units and over 8.4 million tracks. The "Let It Go" film clip from Frozen has been viewed over 300 million times on YouTube. Now, the soundtrack peaked. At number one, on iTunes overall chart and in 31 countries. Plus, Amazon's overall music category, pop, and overall MP3 charts. So Frozen is going nowhere. People do love it. Now, it's going to have a variety of different things on here. Like I said, the Frozen Heart, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? The First Time in Forever, Love is an Open Door, Let It Go, Reindeers Are Better Than People in summer for the first time in forever fixer upper let it go the demi lovato version and more now i for one you know i'm not i don't really care about a re-release of the soundtrack plus three more songs you know what i'm excited for the vinyl edition now that is going to be something to get your hands on so if you want to get this september 30th it's going to hit the stores you can get the vinyl edition the spanish edition as well as the songs plus three additional tracks so, all of you heads with that said, I'm going to take a break here from news right now. I'm going to take a break, release the reins to the D-team. You have questions, he has answers. Aaron's going to stop in with I Want to Know. We have Caitlin with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW in 2 And we have Jason stopping in with The Vault and many other goodies. So, before I let you go take a break and get a drink here, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. There you can save over 60% on your next Walt Disney World trip by booking with Vacation Club members who aren't utilizing their points. You don't have to be a Vacation Club member to use it. Just go to the website, use the points calculator, and save up to 60% to stay at a deluxe, fantastic room on your next Walt Disney World vacation. And you can visit him at dvc-rental.com. So, all VD heads, with that said, I'm going to take a drink here. I'm going to relax, release the reins to the D-Team, and uh, when I come back, I still have more news hot off the D-Wire. Take it away, team.
3: Do you want to build a snowman? Come on, let's go and play. I never see you anymore. Come out the door, it's like you've gone away. We used to be best buddies. And now we not I wish you would tell me why Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman Okay, bye Build a wanna build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. Don't have to be a snowman. Build a snowman? Do you wanna build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. Okay.
7: Okay.
0: birth and their dealings with envelope to davis and Kurt right down that
8: look it's been a
3: long night and it's almost 8.15 that
9: clock has not moved my whole life time's frozen here excuse me the evil queen did it with a curse she sent everyone from the enchanted forest here Again,
3: on the evil queen sent a bunch of fairy tale characters here
9: yeah and now they're trapped
3: Frozen in time, stuck in Brook, Maine. That's what you're going with? It's true. I mean, why does everybody just leave?
9: They can't. If they try, bad things happen.
5: Henry! What are you doing here? Is everything all right?
9: I'm fine, Archie.
5: Who's this? Just someone trying to give him a ride home.
9: Uh, she's my mom, Archie.
5: Oh, I see. You know where he lives? Uh, yeah, sure,
4: just... uh. Right off on of Mifflin Street, the mayor's house is the biggest one in the block.
10: You're
5: the
9: mayor's kid? Uh, maybe.
4: Hey, where were you today, Henry? Because you missed her session.
9: Oh, uh, I forgot to tell you. I went on a field trip.
4: Henry, what did I tell you about lying? Giving in the one's dark side never accomplishes anything.
9: Okay.
3: Well, I really should be getting him home.
4: Yeah, sure. Well, listen, um, have a good night, and... Uh, you be good, Henry.
9: So that's your shrink. I'm not crazy. Didn't say that. Just,
3: he doesn't seem cursed to me. Maybe he's just trying to help you.
9: He's the one who needs
3: help. Because it doesn't know. That he's a fairy tale character. None
9: of them do. They don't remember who they are. (sighs)
3: Convenient. All right. I'll play. Who's he supposed to be? Jiminy Cricket. Right, the lying thing. Thought your nose grew a little bit. I'm not Pinocchio. Of course you're not, because that would be ridiculous.
0: You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know.
11: Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. Virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Micah, and she writes Aaron of I Want to Know, I have a question about the Disney Channel. I love the old channel, so just how many logos did the Disney Channel have over the years? Well, the Disney Channel debuted on April 18, 1983, as a premium cable channel. Its original primary logo, used until 1997, Features a rounded TV screen with horizontal lines and a Mickey Mouse ears silhouette. The lettering below the logo was changed in February 1986. Made to resemble the wordmark logo of the channel parent, The Walt Disney Company. To reflect Disney Channel's transition from a premium channel to a commercial-free basic cable service, its presentation was overhauled dramatically on April 6, 1997. The logo was often seen without the channel underneath the main logo, and the channel was usually referred to just Disney. Alternate versions of this logo were used for the channel's three program blocks that were launched after the rebrand. Preschool-oriented morning block Playhouse Disney, adult-oriented nighttime block Vault Disney, and preteen-targeted weekend block Zoog Disney. This logo was also shown with many other characters in it, an element that was dropped in 2000, though the original variant of the logo continued in use until 2002 during the Playhouse Disney and Vault Disney program blocks. A restyled variant of the 97 logo was introduced in late 1999 featuring varied coloring of the Mouse Ears TV. This variant was used only during afternoon and evening programming until October 6, 2002. After Vault Disney was discontinued in September of 2002, this logo also appeared during the late night hours until the original version of the 2002 logo was introduced. Disney Channel introduced a new look on September 20, 2002. In addition, a new logo still based on the Mickey Mouse silhouette and Disney's signature appeared on screens on October 7th, and was rolled out to other countries the following year. Moreover, Disney Channel started using a series of celebrity bumpers still in use, featuring live-action or animated characters often drawing the Disney Channel logo using a glow stick. Disney Channel updated its on-air look on May 7, 2010, and began using a modified version of their 2002 logo, which originally was introduced two months earlier, being seen only in bumpers for the channel's weekend evening programming. The Mickey Mouse head silhouette is inside a box resembling a smartphone application icon this time. And then, recently, on May 23rd of 2014, Disney Channel overhauled its logo for the first time after having only minor updates to its logo for the past 12 years of its existence. The new logo incorporates the ears moved on to the eye of Disney and the Disney logo in the Walt Disney font. Also the tube shape was removed, two circles were added to the left and right of the dot on the eye and stylized Mickey Mouse head shape was retired after 12 years. Well our next question is from Tammy Franklin of Michigan she writes, My question for the D-Team has to do with Not Quite Human. I just love those great made-for-TV movies. Are they available anywhere? How many did they make? Are any of the stars doing anything now? Thank you for the help and the nostalgia. Well Not Quite Human is a 1987 movie. The story is based on the Not Quite Human book series by Seth McElvoy. It was the first of three films in a series. Its sequels are Not Quite Human 2 in 1989 and still not quite human in 1992. The filming locations were in Scottsdale and Phoenix, Arizona. The movie is about Dr. Jonas Carson, who creates an android that looks like a human 17-year-old boy, and he adopts him as his son and as an older brother to Becky, who names him Chip. After the Carsons move to a new town, Chip is enrolled in high school alongside Becky. Dr. Carson also begins teaching science at the school so he can help keep a close eye on his son's progress. Dr. Carson's former employer seeks to apprehend Carson's functional android, believing that he is entitled to this advanced technology since it was developed while Carson was under a contract that he didn't fulfill. Bogle has plans to turn Chip into a war machine military project biggest stars in the movie was Alan Thicke, who's had a great acting career. Christy Swanson, who was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, also had a great movie career. Robin Lively had an acting career in TV. And Jay Underwood, who last appeared in a movie in 2010, also had a good career. These movies were released on VHS, but not on DVD. They are available for sale on Amazon. However... All three movies can be watched on YouTube. Our final question is from Michael J. of Daytona Beach, Florida, and he writes, Diz Radio, my first attempt at asking a question, so here I go. At the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, the Liberty Tree Tavern used to have a children's menu, I think, with a Patriot Mickey on it, maybe in the 1980s. And did they ever have characters at this dining experience? And just how long has the tavern been around since the park began? Has it undergone any changes over the years? Thank you for the great show and podcast. Well, Liberty Tree Tavern opened on October 1st, 1971, opening day of the Magic Kingdom. I couldn't find a picture of the Patriot Mickey menu, but I did find an old menu with the Liberty Tree Maze on it. There used to be a character dining experience called Liberate Your Appetite Character Experience, They had the traditional characters dressed up in their finest Revolutionary War area garb. As far as I can find, the restaurant has not undergone any major refurbs, but the outside was refurbed around 2010. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads.
0: Next, it's the exclusive television premiere of Walt Disney's beloved Cinderella. Then Alan Thicke, Robin Lively, and Jay Underwood reprise their roles in the Disney Channel premiere film, Not Quite Human 2. Followed by Videopolis, Star Tracks 5. Tonight on the Disney Channel. Chip Carson is back. There he is. The (laughs) boy who's not quite human.
9: Chip, your right leg.
0: And now, Chip's off to college and not quite human, too. But it's tough to keep up with the college crowd. Especially when it comes to social graces. Hi,
5: my name's Chip. Do you wanna go out with me?
0: (laughs) But when Chip finds someone who's just made for him... Your face is symmetrical. It's a robot romance with a bug in it. Without this, they're scrap metal. And they don't even know it.
7: (laughs) This is some sort of hostile program specifically for destroying androids. I belong to them. There's nothing I can do about
0: them. Jay Underwood and Alan Thicke are back for more adventure as the Disney Channel continues to bring you original films you can't find anywhere else. An all-new Disney Channel premiere film, Not Quite Human 2, tonight. <laughs>
3: Fun and adventure,
9: magical times, fascinating, captivating, family fun for everyone. The Disney Channel's yours at When you wish upon a star,
3: dreams come true, every day is filled with fantasies. The Disney Channel brings it. is our channel.
7: And you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. I'm excited to share that there is a brand new special ticket event within Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party this year. Get your tickets for the Villain Sinister Soiree, a wicked takeover of Cinderella Castle. This includes preferred viewing for the Boo to You Parade and Hallowishes. Afterwards, join Lady Tremaine for desserts and entertainment at Cinderella's Royal Table. We've heard that the guest list includes Cruella, the Evil Queen, and Maleficent. Lady Tremaine even plans to sing a few bars of some of her favorite tunes if the crowd is ready for it. Tickets are $99 for ages 3 and up, and admission to the Not-So-Scary Party is also required. Other new features at Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party this year include the Diamond Horseshoe transformation into Club Villain. Join your favorite bad guys for music and fun inside all night long. Also, Snow White and Aurora will be at the Fairy Tale Princess Hall and might be expecting some villainous guests, the Evil Queen and Maleficent, so make sure to stop by. Disney Parks announced some delicious new offerings this month, so get ready for your mouth to water. Golden Oak Outpost is serving something new. Loaded Waffle Fries. From BLT fries to barbecue pork fries, the stomach's the limit at the new and improved Golden Oak Outpost. One last thing on the horizon at Magic Kingdom. The Move It Shake It Celebrated Dance Party is getting a revamp! This fall, new characters, new music, and an interactive portion of the show will transform it into Move It, Shake It, Dance and Play It! You never know what will happen! How fun! Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly!
0: We get the tricks, you get the treats! Tune in all October for our annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration. Let Jonathan and the D-Team lead you into your doom buggy with Halloween guests, spooky tunes, and Halloween fun. Only on DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. Happy Hallowishes, everyone. Serpents
12: <laughs> <and> spiders, <laughs> the of a rat... Call
9: in the spirits wherever
6: they're at. Pardon me, may I present a little chap that no one sent? Yours truly, they tell me I'm quite unruly. On the hearth or in the head? Or maybe on your window ledge You'll find me I hope you won't mind me Singing Jiminy Cricket is the name I'm a happy-go-lucky fellow Always getting it wrong For singing my song A merry old soul am I Jiminy Cricket is the name Got a melody oh so mellow I can be a and Baudelier and Yoda way up high I think I'm great but some folks hate the funny little noise I make. Tonight I'll try a brand new break So sorry if you're kept awake Yes, Jiminy Cricket is to blame I'll be hanging around this evening I'll be tipping my hat and telling you that Jiminy Cricket is the name singing my song, a merry old soul am I. Jiminy Cricket is the name, got a melody oh so mellow, I can beat a liege, or boat a liege, yodel a way up high. He thinks he's great, but some folks the funny
9: little noise you make, tonight to cry a brand new break. So
6: sorry if you're kept awake, yeah. Jiminy Cricket is to blame. I'll be hanging around this evening. I'll be tipping my hat and telling you that Jiminy Cricket is the name.
13: Hey there, D heads, and welcome to another super califragilistic XB installment of this week in Disney history. This month officially was the start of something magical, and you can bet this statement banks on it. Puns aside, today, August 27th, marks the 50th anniversary of one of my absolutely favorite Disney movies, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins officially released in 1964 after much tension and friction, and has had a lot of ups and downs in the Disney company, as portrayed in Saving Mr. Banks and other documentaries and writings. Either way, I'm glad it's a part of our Disney history. Now join me, let's feed the birds a little Disney history, on with the segment. Starting out this week, our Disney history this week starts out surprisingly long ago, back in 1806 actually. Now you may be asking what possibly traces back that far in Disney's timeline, and you will be shocked about the doorless chambers it is linked to. In 1806, Henry Dirks, an English engineer, who was considered to have been the main designer and the projection of the projection technique known as Pepper's Ghost, is born in Liverpool, England. It's named after John Henry Pepper, who implemented a working version of the device in 1862, and it's still used today in Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. In 1891, Joyce Clyde Hall, businessman and founder of Hallmark Cards, is born in David City, Nebraska. Oddly enough, he actually lived only a few miles from uh, Walt Disney, Kansas City, Missouri, but they didn't meet until 1931, when the Hall Brothers Company, signed a licensing agreement with Walt to produce greeting cards of all kinds. This relationship was 24 years long until 1955 when Gibson greeting cards and Disney signed an agreement to have a shop included on Disneyland's Main Street. In 1960, Hallmark returned to Disney and set up shop in Disneyland, and they offered a line of greeting cards, postcards, and other trinkets at the parks for guests. And a new overall license for Disney was signed in 1971 and continued for the rest of Hall's life, eventually becoming Hallmark Greeting Cards, Incorporated. In 1908, Lyndon Johnson, the 36th President of the United States, was born near Stonewall, Texas. In 1964, he presented Walt Disney with the Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civil honor. Four years later, Johnson presented a Congressional Medal to Walt's widow in honor of his distinguished public service. Also in 1908, actor Fred McMurray is born, and his film credits include The Shaggy Dog, the Absent-Minded Professor, Bon Voyage, Son of Flubber, Follow Me Boys, and The Happiest Millionaire. And in 1987, McMurray was the very first recipient of the Digi- Disney Legends Award. In 1918, a young Walt Disney forged his parents' signature to enlist in the American Ambulance Corps, which was part of the Red Cross, as a driver. In 1924, Buddy Hackett, Famed comedian, actor, and 2003 Disney legend honoree was born in Brooklyn, New York. He portrayed lots of roles in the Disney company, including Tennessee Steinmetz in the 1969 feature The Love Bug, and also was the voice of Scuttle for Little Mermaid. In 1930, everyone's favorite international spy and wily Irishman, actor Sean Connery, who appeared in Darby O'Gill and the Little People, as well as many James Bond flicks, was born in Scotland. In 1933, Regis Philbin, the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, is born in New York City. He was also the co-host of the Disney's Christmas Day Parades for many years, and in 2011 was named a Disney legend. In 1934, 15 months after its release, Disney's short The Three Little Pigs has grossed $150,000. That's a lot of money for that time, considering movie tickets sold for about 5 cents each. In 1942, Disney's 6th animated feature, Saludos Amigos, has its world premiere in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. In 1952, Paul Rubens, also known as Pee-wee Herman, and the voice of Rex, the Star Tours pilot, for the original Star Tours attractions, born in Pisco, New York. Random fact about Rubens, Rubens Disney voice credits also include Fife for Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, Dennis and the Teacher's Pet, and Locke for The Nightmare Before Christmas. He also shared a birthday with Charles Fleischer, and it was Rubens who coincidentally provided the voice for Roger Rabbit in very early animated tests of who framed Roger Rabbit back in 1983. In 1955, the Mickey Mouse Club Theater opened at Disneyland's Fantasyland, as well as at Disneyland the Chicken of the Sea Pirate Ship and Restaurant opened. In 1962, Meet Me at Disneyland aired episode 11, Swingin' at the Magic Kingdom, As well, in 1962, voice actor D. Bradley Baker is born in Indiana, and you may know him as Perry the Platypus. In 1964, Disney's live-action Mary Poppins has a lavish world premiere at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. In 1973, one of Walt's original nine old men, Ward Kimball, officially retired from the company. In 1982, Grammy Award-winning singer Leanne Rimes who's chosen to sing Remember When, which was Disneyland's anthem song for the 50th anniversary celebration, is born in Jackson, Mississippi. In 1989, we got a good chunk of history here. In Florida, the Ewok Village opens at the entrance to the Star Tours attraction at Disney-MGM Studios theme park. The Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular attraction is dedicated at Disney-MGM Studios in Florida, and it's the first theme park attraction to use a computer-based show control system in conjunction with a programmable logic controller system to trigger, control, and sequence complex live events in real time. Usually, most of those sequences in the past were controlled by actuators, but no longer had to be. The indie stunt show is scheduled to be closed, unfortunately, at the end of January 2015, as well as the American Idol experience, in order to make way for a much-rumored and anticipated Star Wars-themed land. although American Idol has already closed as of August 31st, unfortunately. At Disney MGM Studios, Jim Henson, who's making a special appearance to announce his pending partnership with the Walt Disney Company, and Kermit the Frog leave their imprints and signatures on the courtyard of the Great Movie Ride. In 1994, after months of rumors that Jeffrey Katzenberg will step exit as chairman of the Walt Disney Studios, the company announced that he will step down in September at the end of his contract, and that Caravan Pictures producer Joe Roth will take over. Also in 1994, the Art of Disney shop opens in Disney... Village Marketplace at Walt Disney World. In 1998, the syndicated TV series Disney's Hercules premiered with the episode Hercules and the Apollo Mission. In 2000, Disney legend Carl Barks, the cartoonist who drew Donald Duck comic books for over three decades passed away at the age of 99 at his home in Grants Pass, Oregon. In 2002, Disney's California Adventure hosts the first ever ABC Primetime Preview Weekend. In 2003, a test run of the Magic Kingdom's newest attraction, Mickey's PhilharMagic, Magic, takes place at Walt Disney World and will officially debut October 8th. In 2006, Disney Channel's The Cheetah Girls 2 airs, an amazing 7.8 million viewers tuned in to watch the original movie, which featured Raven Simone of That's So Raven. Also in 2006, thousands of fans, along with Kyle Massey of That's So Raven, gathered at Fest 2006, held at Disney Studios in Burbank, California. This was the first official FanFest dedicated to the family-friendly online game, Disney's Toontown Online. Alright, we got lots of 2008 news this week, D-Heads, so here we go. In 2008, Disney announced it has sold 298 acres of Florida land to Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts for a hotel and golf course to anchor previously announced luxury development on the northeast border of Walt Disney World. We fast forward to 2014, the Four Seasons Resort at Walt Disney World has finally opened and is ready to have all the luxury soaked in. Disney opens its newest exhibit, a hurricane simulator at Epcot, which aims to teach visitors how to better protect themselves and their homes ahead of dangerous storms. Kingdom Keepers 2, Disney at Dawn, the second book in the Kingdom Keepers series, set inside the Walt Disney World Resort, is written by Ridley Pearson and is published by Disney Book Group, was released. In July of 2008. Robert Olvera risked his life by pulling a man from the wreckage of an overturned semi, and Juan Morales talked a man out of trying to jump off an overpass and use the Garden Grove freeway. In 2009, the Walt Disney Company announced that it is buying Marvel Entertainment for $4 billion. In 2011, Hurricane Irene, which is on track to hit the New York area with gale-force winds in the neighborhood of 100 miles an hour, triggered the cancellation of all shows on Broadway for Saturday and Sunday that weekend, including Mary Poppins and the Lion King. Also in 2011, at approximately 6.30 a.m. Hawaii time, the doors of the Maka'ala Lobby of Alani, a Disney Resort and Spa, opened and the first guest center. Also in 2011, it is announced that the Disney Channel has ordered a third season of its hit kids series, Good Luck Charlie. In 2012, closing out this week, at Tokyo, Disneyland's Goofy Paint and Play House opens in Toontown, And guests were able to operate a paint shooting applicator called the Tune Tone Splatmaster to redecorate Goofy's room. Well, D-Heads, I just wanted to uh, apologize if I sound a little off this week. I've been fighting tons of uh, colds off and on with the weather changes here in the Midwest. So uh, I apologize for all the throat clearing and the uh, the stuttering off and on. Hopefully I'll be better uh, next time around. That's it for this week in Disney history. There's a ton to cover this week, it seemed, and I hope you all had a wonderful Labor Day weekend and at least got to spend some time with your families and enjoy the uh, technical last days of summer that everybody dreads coming around. Sometimes I wish we had Phineas and Ferb's summer and summer vacation. The show started in 2007. That's a seven-year summer. When is it ever going to end? Anyways, D-heads, have a great week, and see you real soon.
0: Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow. It's Disney On Demand. Dibs. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson.
8: Okay, I'm convinced.
1: And a little disgusted. All right, all of you d I'm back once again. And thank you, Aaron, Caitlin, and Nathan, all for stopping in this week and spreading that cheer, that fun, and that magic for all the d heads tuning in. So, LVD heads, we're gearing up as we're going to Storybrooke this week. As we have Raphael Sabarge, yes, Dr. Hopper, Jiminy Cricket from ABC's Once Upon a Time stopping in here at the show very soon. But we have more from the D team as well as more news hot off the D wire. So, instead of rambling on here, I'm going to jump right back into news hot off the D wire here. And how about True Blood? Yeah, I thought I paused for a second. You're like, True Blood and Disney. How about True Blood's Anna Camp? casts an evil spell on Disney Sophia, with Sophia in the first. That's right, Anna Camp from True Blood on HBO series is becoming a Disney princess, and TV Line has released it this week. Now, the former True Blood star is lending her voice to Disney Junior's Sophia the First, The Curse of the Princess Ivy, a primetime special that's airing on the Disney Channel this coming November. Now, Camp will play the villainess, who won't rest until the entire kingdom of Enchantia has been turned black and white. Now, the Princess Ivy special also features a very special appearance by none other than Rapunzel. Now, she is going to come in and save the day and help Sophia save Enchantia. Now, there's not much more released about this right now, but it is going to debut in November, and Anna Camp is going to be part of Sophia First: The Curse of the Princess Ivy, coming this November. Now, since we are talking about movies and Halloween and spookiness, how about The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad? That's right. Now, this was released a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't mention it here on the show. And we all love The Wind in the Willows. That's right. And The Adventures of Ichabod. So now you can get this on Blu-ray. I'm not going to go into all the different things. Let's just say it looks awesome. It's fantastic. It's gorgeous. And The Adventures of Ichabod on Blu-ray... I mean, it is a gorgeous Blu-ray presentation, and you can also get it as a double Blu-ray where you can get it with The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad along with Fun and Fancy Free on the same Blu-ray. I highly recommend that you go and check it out. Now, if you haven't watched The Adventures of Ichabod, you've been in the Disney dark. It's the story of Sleepy Hollow, the Headless Horseman, and it's narrated by the one and only great, Bean Crosby. So just pick it up if you can. Now, since we are talking about spooky things and Halloween things and all kinds of fun as we're gearing up for our third annual Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration here at the show coming up in October, how about all new merchandise for all of you Halloween lovers for the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. That's right, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is back at the Magic Kingdom, and as you D-heads know, We love Halloween here at Diz Radio, and in just a few weeks, we're going to kick off our third annual month-long Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, and we are excited for that. But many of you love the Not-So-Scary Halloween party at the Magic Kingdom as well. It's full of all kinds of fantasy, villains, trick-or-treating, the best parade in my opinion, the Mix and Mingle Villain Show, and many other things, and now you can get all new goodies as well. Now, new this year, the Disney Parks blog has posted the newest releases from the Mickey's event. And let's just say they are beyond fantastic. To begin with, there's an all-new limited edition Magic Band. Now, this band is limited to only 5000 And it has the Mickey's Not-So-Scary logo on it, as well as Mickey, Minnie, very Halloween spooktacular. And we're sure that they're going to sell out fast. Now, they're going to go for almost $30 at a $29.95 price tag plus tax. Now, at the time of purchase, you're also going to have to link it to your current Magic Band or My Memories Plus or any of those things as well. But hey, it is definitely worth it to get this piece of Halloween in your hand. Now, they also have all new clothing. There's all new things in the series from shirts and pins and more. We can get sweatshirts and female shirts with the standard Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party 2014 logo on it, as well as a variety of different pins. You can get the logo pin, pumpkin pins, Maleficent. There's also Stitch dressed up with a pumpkin, Captain Hook. Um, There's Chip and Dale dressed up, Goofy, as well as Mickey, Minnie, and a ghost Mickey on a pumpkin. And these are all the limited edition 2014 pins. And let's face it, the Disney Parks blog left nothing unturned, because even though this isn't Halloween related, and it's not limited edition, Haunted Mansion Wallpaper Magic Bands. Yes, these will be linked up, and it's utilizing the wallpaper from Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion. So all of you D-heads, like I said, I was just stopping in here for a little bit of news out of the D-wire, but I do want to take a moment here and just let you all know that our not-so-scary Halloween celebration is coming in full in motion all month long this October. And we want to enlist you. What kind of new guests do you want to hear? What kind of new Halloween things do you want to hear? And do you want to be part of a virtual trick-or-treating? That's right. Here at Diz Radio, we want to give you some goodies and offer a virtual trick-or-treating fun For all of you D-heads out there. So definitely drop us a line. Let us know. What do you want to hear? What do you want to see? What do you want as part of the not-so-scary Halloween celebration? What were your favorite things from the past? Are there any past guests from the celebration that you'd like us to bring back? You know, we know that you love Halloween as much as we do. So we want to hear from you. And shoot us those emails at DizRadio, D-I-Z Radio, radio, at gmail.com. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, I kept this part short, sweet, and to the point. And I'm going to release the reins to the D-Team, and our D-Team member from down under, Lexi. as she's going to give you a little bit more about our very special guest here this week, Raphael Sabar, who's going to be stopping in here from Storybrooke and Once Upon a Time. So I'm going to release the reins to the D-Team, and uh, when I come back, I'm going to have none other than Raphael here in the studio. Be right back, all of you D-Heads, and take it away, Lexi.
5: to stick it to I want your attention everything we're packing to leave come on let's go no no not you books are always first you know. Pockety pockety wockety whack abracadabra dabra dabra Shrink in size, very small, We've got to save enough room for all. figgity sfigity sfigity is small Prestidigitorium! Cicero, you belong in the seas, Alphabetical order, please. Malacha fezz, fez, Malacha says, fez, Malacha says, Diminish, diminish, dictionary, that word's in your vocabulary. Hockety, pockety, wockety, wack, that's the way we've got to pack. Higgity, spiggity, spiggity, spum, higgity, spiggity, spum, higgity, spiggity, spiggity. Uh, Let's uh, start again. Hockety, pockety, wockety, whack, arts and ends and brick and brack. Higgity, higgity, spiggity, spiggity, spum, rested, did you turn it up? Higgity, spiggity, spiggity, spum, rested, Hurry up there, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> oh, this is the best part. Yeah! to just figure this, to spigot press the digital spigot up! spigot to spigot to to spigot to spigot
0: Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. Lights!
11: Camera! Action!
8: Hey D-Heads. I'm incredibly starstruck this week. We are so lucky to have Mr. Raphael here with us today. We all know and love him from the hit ABC show, Once Upon a Time, which, by the way, is the highest rated new television drama series. He is none other than Dr. Hopper and Jiminy Cricket. Now, this week's special guest once said that the show surpassed his imagination and wildest expectations that it simply flawed him. I guess that is the magic of Disney. (laughs) So for some background information. Raphael comes from a theatrical New York City family. So it is clear that acting and art is in his blood. His mother was a Broadway costume designer and his father is a writer, artist and filmmaker. And he was even named after a famous painter. (laughs) This week's special guest started acting at a very young age. Age 4 to be exact. And his first on-screen appearance was in an ad for Sesame Street. How cool is that? He is literally a part of entertainment history. And after this he began working as an actor from age 13 and was on Broadway by age 16. Now that is awesome. Since then, this week's special guest has appeared in an incredible amount of movies, TV shows, and stage productions. On the big screen, we can see him co-starring in Risky Business, with none other than Mr. Tom Cruise, and in other fantastic movies like Independence Day, Message in a Bottle, Vision Quest, The Assassination of Richard Nixon and Pearl Harbor. Now, that is definitely an impressive list of credits. Raphael has also appeared in over 30 films. Also, back in the 80s and 90s, and more recently as well, this week's special guest was in a variety of TV shows. These include Billionaire Boys Club, Quicksilver Highway... Prisoned for Children, Final Verdict, Murder 101, and Cracked Up. Now the list truly does go on. Get this, he's made over 100 guest appearances, including recurring roles on shows like Dexter and Big Love, Private Practice, Grey's Anatomy, Prison Break, The Young and the Restless. Pretty cool, huh? as well as guest starring roles on 24, CSI and CSI New York, and even Star Trek Voyager, and there are just so many more. So when he's not busy on the big and small screens, Raphael has often said that the theatre and being on stage is his passion. He has been in so many plays. Here are just a few, both on Broadway and around the country. Our Wilderness, The Twilight of the Golds, Voices in the Dark, and even Shakespeare's Hamlet and Henry IV. Throughout these different shows, Raphael has performed with incredible stars, including Gwyneth Paltrow and even Mr. Al Pacino. Now, in addition to acting, this week's special guest is also a very talented voice actor, You can hear his voice on video games like Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, and a few Star Wars games. And he's also a voice actor in Nickelodeon's Avatar The Last Airbender. It seems as though this week's special guest talents really have no end. Disney is definitely lucky to have him as part of the family. Also, similar to many other members of the Disney family, This week's special guest lends his time to charity work. For instance, Raphael started a non-profit organization that helps local green organizations fund projects for their communities. Wow! With all of his acting credits and his initiative in giving back to the community, this week's special guest is really someone very special indeed. So thank you, Raphael. Disney would definitely not be the same without you.
9: their dealings envelope to
0: Davis and right down that Regina I'm just
5: so pleased i'm a, I was concerned and I'm just so glad the way things worked out There's just one problem, dr Hopper
3: I'm afraid no I'm Dreading
12: And Henry's birth mother will
3: wake up one day full of regret over leaving him and come here to take him back.
9: Wasn't it a closed adoption
5: when you're both perfectly and honest to each other, right?
3: Yes, but I'm worried about something bigger than the laws at play.
5: It seems to me like you've made your own destiny.
3: But there's still someone out there who can destroy
5: it. Regina, if you
2: keep worrying about the future, you'll never enjoy the present. This child has brought something to you. Love. Revel in that. Revel in being a mother.
0: Lights. Camera. Action. It's time for
1: this week's Disney On Demand special guest. Alright all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with us here this week, as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, is somebody that is no stranger to you. You know him from Independence Day, The Guardian, as well as Mass Effect 3 as Caden Alenko. You also know him as Archie from Once Upon a Time, and he also has some other things on the horizon from other TV shows. We have none other than Raphael Sabar's with us, welcome to Disney on Demand.
4: Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having. Me.
1: It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, you know, somebody with your resume—so many different things from early on with Risky Business, Pearl Harbor, you name it—as well as the, uh, you know, very popular Mass Effect Three, Once Upon a Time, and so many other things. I guess, as I always like to start it for all of our guests, is what got you into acting? Gee, um you know,
4: <laughs> it was sort of a um, um, very unusual backdoor. I. I I was on Sesame Street, uh, the first year of Sesame Street, actually. They were looking for kids, and I just happened to be living in the Lower East Side, New York. And there was this new show, and it had these wacky puppets, Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, and all these various sweet folks, um, and uh, we... Uh, I- I did. A, I did a whole bunch of them. Um, they they offered me a contract, apparently. Uh, so my mother said, and she said no because she didn't want to be a stage mother, and she at that point also didn't want me to um, to sort of go into this business without kind of knowing what it was. In other words, she wanted it to be my decision. So I, you know, she's a costume designer in New York. Did a lot of Broadway shows and and was a professor at Yale for a while. So I was around the theater a lot and backstage and hanging out with actors, and so. It was kind of a world that became very familiar to me. And so when I was about 13, I decided to be an actor. And uh, we had been living in Connecticut for a little bit and then moved back to New York. And in the course of doing so, I um, called an actress friend of ours and said, what do you do? And she said, well, here's my agent's phone number, call him. And I was a very precocious kid um, and had public transportation in New York City to kind of get around. And what I did was I you know, went over there and met them and, and, uh, you know, introduced myself and they said, do you, do you sing? I said, oh yeah, I've been in a boys' choir, uh, it was a Boy Trouble and I, we actually traveled to, uh, abroad and sang in Canterbury Cathedral and I, and I, so I I said, oh yeah, and I broke into the Boy Trouble part of Panel's Messiah in their office and, um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think I was just kind of a very determined little, a little kid and, you know, uh, there are no child labor laws in New York, or at least there weren't back then. So I used to bring my contracts home beside be signed by my, by my mother. Um, and I, I kind of went about this on my own. And I started working. Um, I almost started working. Got my SAG card. I was on Broadway at 16 and um, started studying a course in New York a lot. And, and I've been doing it now for you know, since I was four. So it's a, it's a couple of
1: years now. Well, yeah, I mean, and you've been doing this for so long and, you know, being, I guess, much like a go-getter, you know, at such a young age, it's been fruitful for you. I mean, because your resume, you know, it is chock full. I mean, you can scroll through pages of so many different things you've been on from a variety of different shows like Young and the Restless, The Mentalist, you name it. And of course, you know, I know many of uh, many of the video game world out there, and I'm sure you've uh, covered this one many, many times, and Mass Effect 3, which for a video game, is very, very huge. I guess, uh, what was it like landing that role as Caden uh, elenko and realizing, wow, this is this is big, and people really do love their video games? They do. Um,
4: you know, I, I had done another uh, video game with, with Bioware called Night of the Old Republic, um, and that was also a huge game. Um, and then I, I got, actually, actually, I'm in Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, actually. Um, this is a character that travels through Three games, and he's a um, you know sort of a fan favorite, I guess. I mean, I, it's a it's a really cool game. I mean, I, I I'm not a gamer myself, but I've played this game a bit and enough certainly to know how extraordinary it is. And and I've heard people speak about this particular game, Mass Effect, I guess, as being kind of in the in the video game world, kind of like the Star Wars of its generation. I mean it. It, it brought more women into gaming than any other game it had um you know it, it, the most realistic and and kind of more filmic uh kind of experience and, and from the beginning they they wanted very filmic performances and not kind of stilted or cartoony um you know acting styles so it, it it's been uh, such a privilege to be a part of that uh that whole world and and the fan base for mass effect is just extraordinary uh and worldwide just extraordinary um i've just seen some incredible things happen as a result of you know how they all align together um and uh just the passions and the, and the uh the heartfelt feelings about you know that community it's it's amazing um but yes it's, it's a I, i've had an incredible uh ride, for sure, and I'm so grateful for the opportunities that have come my way. It's been, been, uh, you know, it's not a day goes by that I'm not just really uh, so thankful for, you know, the the opportunities that I get, because it is such a tough business.
1: Well, definitely, you know, and doing something like a video game, too. I mean, that's uh, that's not easy work. I mean, people always put down tracks for voiceovers and voice work, but doing a game, I mean, that had to be pretty uh, daunting, too, because you're doing a lot of syllables and one words and uh, sentences. And, I, I mean, you had to have many, many hours in the studio, correct?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a funny thing. People don't realize, I guess, wh- what happens is <clears throat> you, um, you go into a studio. Um, in this case, there's a... Technicolor studio in Burbank California and um, we uh, were given scripts um, at least initially there were just there was maybe one or two drawings there's nothing much else and there's a director who kind of tries attempts to try and explain some of what you're talking about but of course you have no real context and um, and then the one of the so the hallmarks of this game is that there Um, it's player-directed, so depending on the choices you make, it sets up a whole series of shoots and ladders. So what we record to is essentially all the eventualities. And uh, it it just means that you're there, you know, going through, you know, multiple options. Um, Invariably, you come in, and it's you and the recording engineer and a microphone and a padded room for about four hours. And by the end of it,
9: you're... You're exhausted.
4: You're just absolutely wiped out. Um, but it's a, um, you know, uh, it's certainly a satisfying um, a, a bunch of work. Being with BioWare is, you know, they're such a top-notch game company. So I, I love working with them. And, um, you know, the, what they, what they were able to do, what they were able to put together is just extraordinary.
1: Definitely. Now, I guess, you know, moving aside from, uh, video games and of course all of our Disney fans would be uh, very upset if we didn't bring it up in Once Upon a Time. It's, uh... One of those things where the story has shifted so many times and it was almost like a sleeper hit for Disney, you know, being on ABC and whatnot. And we've had a variety of uh Once Upon a Timers here on the show before, you know, we've we've had Red and we'd also had Grumpy on and many others. And now you yourself playing Archie Hopper, Jiminy Cricket. I guess uh I guess how did you land the role of one you know, in Once Upon a Time and what were your initial thoughts of this uh very different take of fairy tales.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, when I got the call initially, I I had asked if they wanted, if I was playing Jimmy Cricket, they said, and I said, well, do they want a voice match or what, what do they want? And, they, and the response was no, they just want it real, um, which I thought was something that I've always sort of uh, held on to in a way um, that they, they obviously were doing something pretty dynamic um, in this case is. Kind of taking these stories that we know so well and, and really sort of reinventing them. Um, what's remarkable, as we all know about this, that the writing um, is so good and and so surprising and so um, kind of three dimensional uh, in so many ways and and invariably profound um, in ways that are just unexpected. Um, they by using these fairy tales. What they've also done, which I think is just so, uh, brilliant, um, uh, is that they've created this enormously wide demographic of people who watch it. I mean, my mother, who's the 2 um, who grew up with all these Disney movies, enjoys, enjoys the show as much as my, my nine-year-old, you know, and, and, um, and I've met all sorts of people in their twenties and thirties and forties in between, um, who uh, who love it as well. So it, it, it's an incredible um, uh, thing to be um, a part of <laughs> uh, something, which, as you say, was a sleeper that began kind of as a was sort of a good idea, but we didn't know how it was going to turn out to sort of now, here we go, into the fourth season with this just sort of enormous success.
1: Like you said, you know, it's one of those things where it is for all generations. I mean, you know, I'm a father of four kids and my eight-year-old just loves Once Upon a Time. You know, she sits down with mom and dad. We enjoy watching it. And it's, uh, you know, like you said, it's definitely different, different takes of these fairy tales. And it's it's almost, uh, you know, it's, taking an interest into people's stories and people's lives that everybody can relate to. Now, I guess, you know, being Archie on the show and Jiminy Cricket and being that conscience, is there any specific way that you go about uh, playing the character? I mean, is there some certain way or light that you see him in your mind that you try to bring to the screen? You know,
4: um, I'm I'm trying to think how to answer your question. I mean, it's funny, you you, you don't one doesn't see oneself, right? You don't know how you occur in a room as it were how people respond to you but but i, I auditioned for this right so i, I went in and met with, with um the executive producers eddie horowitz and and uh, eddie kids and adam horowitz and i um you know i, I did the scene which in, in, if you remember in the pilot was basically a pretty simple scene. It was just between henry and i on the street with pongo uh the dog and um <laughs> They, uh, I did it and they said thank you and I walked out and they chased me out and they brought me back in and, um, and had me do it again with a, with a small adjustment and then they, uh, thank you and then almost immediately the role came to me, which was, is unusual because normally this process is pretty, um, extended. You know, it kind of goes on and on a bit, um, in terms of kind of, uh, uh, all the approvals and various things have to go on with various network folks. Um, in this case, what they told me later was that they'd seen quite a few people and that they had obviously were looking for some kind of essence that they felt resembled, um, this character who is someone of conscience, right? Who is essentially associated with doing the right thing. And and by making him a therapist, um, they, you know, uh, again, wanted to create a character who, you know, spoke, spoke to that, you know, that small voice in your head, which is, you know, trying to do the right thing, trying to, make um, a decision that would be, um, you know, the right one <laughs> for the right reason. The, the thing that I, I'm grateful about is that the writing is so good. The, the scary part initially was because Jimmy Cricket is beloved by so many, um, you know, you, you, you worry that you are going to walk into something and um, um, well, that you would be somehow, that you would let a lot of people down because they have such an association with the character. Um, the writing has been so, uh, strong. And, and, uh, for them in the first season, when they're giving everyone backstories when they gave Jiminy this backstory of having, you know, this very, very sad backstory of someone who really had done the wrong thing for so long. And then only by having done that, really then devoted himself to doing the right thing. Um, and, and from there, then evolved the conscience. I, I just thought that was, again, just so inspired and, and thrilling. So, the writing has kind of been my my kind of north star. It's been the thing that's kind of helped kind of helped, helped me find my way into who he is and and again um you know I, I have things in my life that i that i draw from and and things that are important to me um i, I don't um you know i i feel very strongly about doing the right thing and I, I i like to consider my my myself a a man of conscience um uh but but that said um You know, what they've done is given me a really strong roadmap. Um, Again, this is just because the writers are just so good in the show.
1: Definitely, you know, and they connect the stories so well and tell the stories in such a great way. I guess out of all the seasons so far, I mean, we know that you can't give any spoilers. You know, it's just one of those things where you're probably finding out just as fast as we're finding out, you know. So, you know, we understand how that area works. But looking back at the previous three seasons, is there any one season that was your absolute favorite to date? You know, looking back and whether it was the story or the arc or anything at all where you're like, you know, that was just one really good season that you loved. You know, each season's
4: had its sort of, um, its, its its highlights,
1: um, obviously,
4: and things that we, that are, I, I don't know, I think that, um, that we can all connect to. But I am, um, I, I guess I can say is that obviously season one had its, maybe for personal reasons, because of that's when I got the backstory of um, sort of um, forged in the cricket, which was a which was an, a wonderful opportunity to kind of explore something. Um, but I also love that how they how they kind of set everything up by giving everyone sort of a past, a present, and a future in a way. Um, and and that was season one. That's not to say, of course, that season you know two and three have not been just incredible. And I think season four proves is looking to be. Remarkable. We know that the Frozen story is going to be coming to um, to Once Upon a Time, which is pretty uh, pretty exciting. Um, I, I don't know <laughs> anyone under thirteen who's not absolutely just jumping <laughs> up and down about that. And um, and I have um, a um, uh, you know a, a good feeling that they'll be able to be doing this Once Upon a Time thing for for uh, for, for years to come.
1: You know, I see it, uh, you know, extending for a variety of different seasons. There's so many different twists and turns. And at the end of each season, I swear every time you feel that, okay, well, how are they going to make the villains baddies once again? There's always a twist that puts them right back where you need to go so you can start all over again. And uh, I, I guess with that, you know, everybody loves Once Upon a Time. I mean, it's fantastic. And everybody loves, you know, the role of Archie and Jiminy Cricket. And I guess aside from that, though, you're doing many other things, too. And you also have Murder in the First, which is a TV series that you're part of as well i guess uh what's more about that
4: yeah murder the first is a new show that um i'm uh, a regular on and this is a um tnt show that's currently on um uh, premiering other week through the summer um it's got an incredible cast Uh, well steven boschko is the executive producer so a man with uh obviously quite the pedigree. with you know, some incredible shows, including NYPD Blue and Hill Street Blues and LA Law. Um but he's uh he and Eric Lodal uh are the um sort of the driving creative force on the show, but a great cast with Tay Diggs, Kathleen Robertson, uh Tom Felton from Harry Potter. Many people, many of your audience will know him, um, as well as then also uh Stephen Weber, James Cromwell, Richard Schiff. So it's a it's a fantastic cast and it's a one uh, case, the detective case that takes place over the whole season. So, they'll even like watch shows now where they sit back and you know watch almost like a long, a long movie um, binge watch, as it were. Um, that's this plays to that, and um, it's been doing very well in the ratings, and we're uh, we got wonderful reviews. It, it's just been a great company to be a part of, and and obviously um, a little bit of a departure from Um, you know, to be packing heat <laughs> and running around chasing bad guys. So that's kind of fun
1: definitely you know going from uh playing the conscience to still doing what's right but being able to uh you know carry the guns and and have fun with it
4: yes indeed 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 yeah um uh, so that's uh it's been great i mean you know i i will be in season 4 uh for sure um and i'll be back as Jimmy Cricket um, but i but it's been also fun to kind of have some other places to
1: go play aside from you know just your career and many other things that you've done, you also do a non nonprofit as well you know which nonprofits are always great signs of you know charity and things there's just not enough goodwill in the world so I guess uh what for all of our listeners tuning in you know tell us more about your nonprofit
4: yeah um the nonprofit is Greenwish um, and you can find it more at greenwish dot com but um the the nonprofit is Essentially, an attempt to try and answer the question, you know, if you pick up the paper or read the news any given day and you hear about what's going on with the environment, that is, you know, whether it be with the bees or whether it be with the drought or whether it be with, you know, climate change, et cetera, it, it's, it's very easy to get um, uh, kind of to go to, I want to say sort of apathy or just sort of despair um, because it's all just so bad. Um, and if you're a parent, uh, which I am, and you are someone who cares about the planet and, and loves, you know, green natural things, um, this is my this was my attempt to try and answer a question of what you could do, uh, because I think it's very easy, as I said, to get overwhelmed by all the need out there. But what GreenWish is essentially is, is a nonprofit that supports other nonprofits that are all local and that are all green. So if for example, um, uh, you, um, any of your listeners, are in cities around the country, uh, are feeling sort of a, an impassioned itch to try and want to do something. What we do is give you the tools to be able to set up your own your own nonprofit in in your city. And what we do is we give you you have access to all of our nonprofit status. We have free banking um, and um, all of the infrastructure that then gives you the tools to set up a nonprofit that then the money that you raise. All goes directly back into your community. That is, community helping community. So we help multiple nonprofits. For example, in LA, um, Earth, Air, Water, Sustainable Education, um, and they all the money again that gets raised here all stays here. So we have chapters in LA, in Kansas, in Missouri, um, one just in Denver, one just in St. Louis, Massachusetts, and so I'm continuing to spread the word about people who might be interested in in helming a chapter. For very little money, you can actually sort of make a difference and and do so
1: locally. It's community giving back to community, and you know you're helping people jump off that. Many people have fantastic of ideas, and they just don't know how to go about it. And you know your profit, your nonprofit, actually gives it a chance to go ahead and do that, and you know give back to their community. And I think that's fantastic and something that's much needed in today's society.
4: Thanks so much. Well, like I said, you can follow. Uh, you can find us at greenwash.com If you want to find out more, you can email us there. And, um, you know, we're always looking for people who are impassioned and interested about trying to sort of um give back and hopefully. Leave (laughs) something for our kids and our grandchildren. There's, uh, you know, um, uh, clean air and clean water and and, uh, green trees and things to play in.
1: Definitely. Well, you know, it was our pleasure. We know you're busy, many different things on the horizon. But, you know, for all of our listeners out there, is there any final thing that you'd like to leave out there for fans of Once Upon a Time, fans of your newest series, anything at all that you'd like to leave out there for that final word from Raphael? Oh, thank you. I mean first of all it's such a pleasure.
4: I I I love Disney fans. I, I love being part of the Disney family. It's it's such a privilege. And um I, you know, um think that there's wonderful things ahead on Once Upon a Time. So stay tuned. I know um I, I get a lot of uh tweets and, and uh and and uh people find me on you know uh via social media if you'd like to do so please do. um, Raphael Sparge is my Twitter handle um, or you can find my Facebook fan page. Um, I I do try and respond and and I stay connected that way to my fans and and folks who are passionate about the show. I'd love to hear from you and and certainly um, uh, so many wonderful things ahead for Once Upon a Time.
1: Well, thank you once again for stopping in. It was our pleasure and you know, we're looking forward to Once Upon a Time Season 4, your newest projects as well and many other things and uh, thanks once again for taking the time today.
4: Great. Wonderful.
2: This September, winter comes early when the town of Storybrooke gets frozen over.
8: Here we go again. Really?
0: Once Upon a Time, the season premiere Sunday, September 28th at 8, 7 central on ABC.
5: My siestas are getting shorter and shorter.
11: Required voice identification. EC-82. Hey gang,
12: it's Jason again. Welcome back down here to the vault. I'm very fortunate to have with us upstairs, Raphael Sparge. Who, you may ask? Why that hopper of a friend, and good conscience to all, Dr. Archie Hopper from Once Upon a Time. Yes, our friends from Storybrooke have returned back to Disney On Demand to talk about what's coming on, what's going down in the town, and how bad is Regina anyway? Well, those are questions at least I want to know. But of course, what do you want to know? Why are you down here in the vault? Well, I've decided to go back to revisit season two of Once Upon a Time, which is available on Blu-ray, which came out uh, well, not too long ago, about a year ago, which could basically prepare you for what's coming up next in these fine seasons ahead. Season two was actually a little bit more in depth and became more of a show about family, which it was originally, but really centered more heavily around the idea of family. Uh, this time around, we found that Rumple or Mr. Gold, depending upon which part of the era we are, uh, had basically had the fate of both ha- worlds in his hand, between their world and the, and the real world what was great about this season is that Rumple did find his son, Belfire, whom we discover was actually Henry's father. Sorry, spoiler alert here, so I should really warn you that that's really what's going to happen throughout this whole discussion. Just be warned. But what also was odd is that we had two outsiders come into the town and kidnap Henry. But for what means? Well, we discovered that Greg and Tamara were actually from Neverland, which introduced Captain Hook into this whole mess. And we all thought that he was going to be the bad guy, but it turns out that Peter was actually the bad guy. Or actually the young boy was, in truth, Rumpel's father in a very bizarre twist. Again, you've got to watch the series to find out what's going on. The great thing about season two, it really expanded upon Storybrooke as well as the other realm in which everyone used to live. We met other characters like Aurora, Mulan, Prince Philip, Robin Hood, even the Darling family made their appearance, showing that this whole show was about family. Now you have to ask, where did Archie fit into this season? Well, he had a very pivotal role in which he was actually framed for murder. Uh, Rather scary, in the fact that here you were, the man who you knew was the conscience of everyone was actually being framed for something that he didn't do. And of course, Cora and Regina all had this plan to get everybody on their side once again. Again, the idea of family was introduced heavily within this series. And of course, I just mentioned Cora in regards to Archie's false murder. Cora actually happens to be Regina's mother. Again, going back to that circularity that everyone's family was pretty much present throughout this entire season. I have to admit, Season 2 was not really living up to what I thought Once Upon a Time was going to be. It wasn't until we started to see the reveals that made it truly back to the heart of the show that it was and to evolve into the show that it's going to be coming into the next seasons. And I will say seasons because I really believe this is going to be a recurring show that continues forward. Now if you were to step out and purchase the Blu-ray version of this fine show, what are you going to get? Well of course you're going to get all five discs, which is the 22 episodes which introduced everyone to the new characters as well as bring back our old friends and favorites. One of the characters in which I forgot to mention that I loved seeing was the idea of the Doctor, who ends up being Dr. Frankenstein, showing that not just fairy tales, but all good literature can and probably will make it into Storybrooke. What else you'll receive in this is that you're going to actually get the family tree, again, going back to that idea of family, of Storybrooke and the other realms. It's going to be narrated by Sarah Haland, who is, of course from Modern Family, bringing that Disney synergy all back around. Other features you will receive are Good Morning Storybrooke, pretty much a news segment in which explains what's going on in the city. Sincerely, Hook, explaining the changes that have happened between what we know about Captain Hook and what we're now seeing as Captain Hook. Girl Power, a short vignette explaining that the women of Storybrooke are really the, the true power within this series bloopers are always a highlight in these as well as an audio commentary throughout the all 22 episodes and the deleted scenes which were probably meant to be left on the cutting room floor not to say that i would like to see them back in but i think they made the wisest choices in making these tight episodes so that we have a series that we can all live in love with well Raphael, i thank you i tip my hat as you would in your fine realm, and I will do the same as we revisit Storybrooke again. As September rears its head, we get ready for our next season of Once Upon a Time, and I look forward to seeing other cast members join us here down at the vault. As always, the magic of Disney movies is always inside of you, even on television.
5: Hi everybody, this is Pat Carroll. I am so glad you're listening to Disney on Demand. And as Ursula would say, life's full of tough choices. In it. No. <laughs> Don't forget keep listening to Disney on Demand.
8: Hey there,
10: D-heads. Paige here with another magical music review. Jonathan's guest this week comes to us from Storybrooke. Or the Enchanted Forest, depending on who you ask. We have Raphael Spargin today, who is known as Archie or Jiminy Cricket from the hit ABC drama Once Upon a Time. Once is heading into its fourth season on September 28th. Since its beginning, it's been widely popular and praised for its characters, stories, costumes, sets, and music. The music for the show is composed by Mark Isham. Mr. Isham's credits include Miracle, Eight Below, Dolphin Tail, The Lucky One, October Sky, Forty-Two, and countless others. At this point, ABC Studios has released the first two season scores from Entrada Records, no doubt with Season 3 on the release calendar. We will be focusing on Season 1 this week. Now, let's load up into Emma's Bug, or if your taste runs more to horse-drawn carriages, that works too head off to the Enchanted Forest and Storybrooke, Maine, to take a look at the musical from the first season of Once Upon a Time. Everyone who's been following this show since day one should remember the first four minutes. These first minutes of the show set up the entire reason for the series, starting with just a black title card reading, Once Upon a Time. There was an enchanted forest, filled with all the classic characters we know, or we think we know. One day they found themselves trapped in a place where all their happy endings were stolen. Our world. This is how it happened. This beautiful, ominous music that's been playing since I began reading is the opening of the show. Entitled the Once Upon a Time Orchestral Suite, we have a variety of moods portrayed throughout by a beautiful orchestra. the ominous to now a sense of urgency, we will also find a soft peaceful melody. A melody that will be used throughout the series. From there we find ourselves with the same melody, but it's no longer sad. The snow has been broken and we are taken to the wedding of Prince James and Snow White. But for the characters in this show, Happily Ever After is hard to obtain. Regina, the Evil Queen, disrupts the ceremony with her own melody that follows her throughout the series. With a heavier, darker sound, the audience knows something's coming. is coming, and it is the title for our next selection. A piece with a darker mood, it starts rather soft. With a sting from the violins, a possible slapstick, a touch of high brass, and a low brass a little bit more than halfway through, you can just feel that Grumpy has spotted the curse approaching the castle. At this point, the music picks up in dynamic and intensity. A shorter piece than our previous, take a listen. for the week was a request. One of the central and most popular characters of the show is Stiltskin. A complex character with many faces, Rumpel has struggled with everything from heartbreaking loss to power to love. After losing everything due to his power, he never thought he could find love again, let alone be loved, which made him the perfect choice to be cast as the once upon a times version of Beast. Stiltskin in Love, our final piece for the week, isn't the typical score you think of for a love melody. It's more melancholy than anything like Snow and Charmings, With a solo singer, violins, low brass, timpani, a piano, and a harp being prominently featured within the orchestra, the piece is soft, but builds in dynamic near the end. As Belle begins to touch Rumpel's heart, the viewer can see a change in his overall character. Just sit and enjoy this beautiful piece. As much as I love spending time with you lost in music, I must sign off. Be looking for next week where we'll be looking at the next installment of the Legacy Collection. Have a great rest of your week, D Heads, and enjoy the rest of the show. Feel free to shoot me an email at page at disradio.com. That's P-A-I-G-E at DisRadio.com. Until next time, see ya!
1: All right, all of you D-Heads, I am back, and we had one heck of a show here this week. Super jam-packed, tons of the D-Team, tons of news, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to our special guest, Raphael Sabarge, for stopping in here at the show. We love you on Once Upon a Time, playing Doc Hopper, as well as Jiminy Cricket and all the other things. We're looking forward to seeing you all over video games, voice work, television, and of course... Season four of Once Upon a Time. Thank you once again for stopping in and taking those moments out of your busy schedule to chat with all of us here at the show. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. Yes, I'd like to thank Aaron, Paige, Nathan, Lexi, Caitlin, and Jason... All for stopping in here this week. Without the D-Team, you'd have nothing more than me rambling on week in and week out. And remember to connect up with the D-Team directly on our D-Team page found officially on the website. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there would be no show. You are the reason we come back every single week to bring these magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney to you every single week here at the show. You make the magic happen, you spread the word, and we are very humbled that you allow us to come into your ears and your cubicles and your home every single week. So thank you, all the D-Heads. Now, before I let you go and clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week, for show number 85, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, Twitter feeds, Pinterest, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And remember, you can find all these links on our official website at DizRadio.com. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, we had all kinds of fun here this week, taking you down all kinds of trips, magic, and fun. And next week, we're kicking off show number 85. Now, if you thought fall was already here, it officially doesn't kick off till the 22nd or 23rd. So we still have a few more days of summer here, but we're going to cool it off very, very soon. It's the only hint I'm going to give you. So as I always say, as we get busy, as we get chaotic, take a moment, slow down, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you d heads, I'll catch you online and uh, have a great week.
3: I know it's late, but I was hoping we can talk. Sure. Come on in. Mm.
0: Mm. Gosh, Bongo, you know Regina?
4: I know how hard it is. Real change can often be a struggle. I couldn't agree more. Regina, is there something... Oh.